Hey, I'm Lexi. Book me for singing, songwriting, engineering, vocal production, and lessons through social media at LexiATL. Email at LexiSolo at gmail.com or text me at 404-552-5514 or reach me at LexiATL.com. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about growing up shared, how parents share smarter on, how parents can share smarter on social media and what you can do to keep your family safe in a no privacy world by Stacy Steinberg. Yes, that is the full title. Stacy Steinberg is a legal skills professor at the University of Florida Levin College of Law, where she supervises the Gator Team Child Juvenile Law Clinic. She is an internationally sought after expert on children's privacy, and her work has been cited by news and research organizations, including NPR, the, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, and the children's rights arm of the United Nations, UNICEF. She also previously worked as a special victims unit prosecutor and as a child's legal services attorney. Quite, quite the impression, quite the impression, right? So thank you all so much for tuning in today for this book review. As I said, I'm gonna be reviewing this book Growing up shared, just had to get my little intro off really quickly. A um, few housekeeping things before I continue with the book review. I want to give a shout out to Bobby Fisher ENT. I am currently wearing the ladies' dress from the Cool Bear collection. It's a t shirt dress, large graphic tees. You can find these outfits at IamBobbyFisher.com to order yours. Tell them that Lexi sent you. Um, also want to let you all know that I've been undergoing some reconstruction. So I have made the decision to finally split my YouTube channels um, and my social media pages. So I have Lexi ATL, which is going to be strictly dedicated to music because it's finally gotten through my head that people are just not going to take the time to get to know who I am. They're not going to take the time to sift through my content, all of the content that I offer and you know, figure out that I'm a singer. It's been brought to my attention that I do too much, basically. So Lexi on YouTube is gonna be just for music and studio sessions, all things music, covers, whatever. And then I started a new page called Lexi Likes, which is going to be the new home of my Lex chats, my hot takes, my reaction videos, my Lexi quotes, just everything else is going to go under Lexi Likes. And I feel like, um, that's very fitting because it's literally whatever I like, so I can do whatever I wanna do. Lexi likes podcasting, Lexi likes recording, Lexi likes reading, Lexi likes fitness, Lexi likes fashion, and I can just, everything else is under Lexi likes. So y'all please go and subscribe to that channel. Um, I'm gonna keep the podcast on Spotify and Apple the same, it's just Lex Chat and I'll just have all of these different Lexi likes. Whenever I do book reviews and hot takes and whatever, of course, that's still gonna be on the Lex Chat channel on the podcasting site. So all of that housekeeping stuff aside, um, please make sure you like, share, subscribe. Um, show love to both pages, please. I would feel really upset if y'all did not like my music page, but yeah. So those housekeeping things are out of the way. Now let's get into the actual book review of Growing Up Shared. And I debated if I wanted to go on Instagram Live. I'm gonna go ahead and go live because why not? 
haven't been on in a while. I'm a little self-conscious about the way my hair looks because it is very much my natural hair. Very much my natural hair. I washed my hair today and I twisted it. I've got six big old twists in my head right now, but my scalp is happy and clean and clear. It's beautiful. So while Instagram is getting its life together, I remember now why I don't like going on Instagram because it just be acting so funny. There we go. So now let's get into this book review. This is Growing Up Shared by Stacy Steinberg. And yesterday was, this was due, but the librarian, he told me that I can hold on to it for a couple of days because did you know that you can, you can re, like renew a book too many times? Like they don't let you keep it for too long. I didn't know that, but I know now. So yeah, let's get into this book review. I got this from my local library and I would recommend if you live in a city and they have a library, I would recommend that you go and take advantage of it. If you have an address that's within the county, then you can get the library card for free and you just get these free access to all these books. So I got this at my local library. It's growing up shared. And the reason why I got it is because, um, what's up South? How you doing? I haven't seen you in forever. Wow. But the reason why I got this book is because I'm very interested in the psychology behind how social media is affecting all of us. And even though this is like focused on parents and the relationship between parents, kids and sharing online, cause it is how parents can share smarter on social media and what you can do to keep your family safe in a no privacy world. Even though it's mostly like a family book, I do think that you can, we can all draw some interesting like thought processes and we can extract some interesting information from this. So I saw it on the shelf and I thought, let me check that out. And I finally finished it maybe like two weeks ago now. I just have been dragging my feet with uh, doing a book review because I've been restructuring things in my life and being an artist. So yeah, but this book was published in 2020. It is 188 pages. It is a fairly easy read. The sections are nicely organized where the book will introduce an idea and explore the topic. And then we get to see responses from real people where the artist maybe had a question or a prompt that she would ask her audience. And did I say artist? The author would ask her audience a certain question or have a certain prompt for them. And the audience would respond and she had those responses in there. Can I find really quickly? So like one of the questions, this is on page 68. This is, do you worry about pictures you share being stolen and used by pedos? If not, has the awful thought that a pedophile could steal your child's image ever crossed your mind? Sorry for totally freaking you out if you've never considered it. And then some people say, yes, no pics in bathing suits of my kids allowed. Yes, a friend of a friend and had it happened. So it's always at the forefront of my mind. And there's just a few pages of, you know, responses from her audience. What's up, Sid? How you doing? Can you read to us? I would love to read to y'all. If y'all would join me on live for like a virtual book club, that would actually be something I would love to do. This is called um, Growing Up Shared. It is a very scary book. So let me actually talk about some of the things that stuck out to me in this book. Um, the first one being page 101. This is from chapter six, altering the lens of our experiences and writing for the New York times, Julia Cho explored whether our constant recording of our child's 
of our children's everyday accomplishments may be affecting how they recall and reflect on their experiences. Cho's mother had recorded her granddaughter's part in the school talent show and after the event was over, offered to play it back for the child. Cho, sensing that perhaps it was not, it was best not to replay the video so close in time to the event, asked her mother not to share the child the video, not to share the video with the child yet. Her hesitancy, Cho later learned, had some scientific basis. When we create memories, they are based on our own experiences. Watching a video too soon after an experience can fundamentally change the experience for us. The reason why this was such an interesting part in the book to me is because in the music industry, in the entertainment industry, and really life in general, it's become a huge part of our everyday lives now with the introduction of social media. It's become a huge part of our lives to let people in into every aspect of our world and just record everything and share everything. So it's no longer just experiencing life for yourself. It's like we have this need to let people know what we're doing. And it becomes like even more crazy for people in the entertainment industry because we're constantly told that if you don't exist online, then you don't exist. And if you don't have an online presence, then you're probably not going to have a good audience in real life. And it just messes up our real time enjoyment of things because we're not thinking about enjoying things in the moment. We're thinking about how does this look? How are we coming off? Um, is it the right angle? Do we look fat? Are people going to like what we, what we're wearing? Are they going to like what we're saying? Are they going to like what we're doing? And it just becomes very overly critical. So basically instead of enjoying the moment and instead of just remembering how great we felt doing something, now we are immediately critiquing ourselves and picking ourselves apart based on how we think other people might perceive it. And so when we feel like we feel like we have to what's the word? I get at a loss for words a lot these days. We feel like we have to curate our lives instead of just living our life. So with the example that this quote just gave where the grandmother wanted to share a video with the kid immediately, it's like you haven't even had time to process this event that happened and you're already recalling from someone else's point of view how you thought you did. So um, thankfully I didn't watch any videos the night of my performance. So I just had a performance October 14th. It was called For the Love of Music Artist concert. Um, happy belated birthday to Jay Eon. Thank you so much for inviting me to perform. It was amazing. And I'm going to do a Lex chat on that, uh, that whole experience soon. But you know, after I did that performance in real time, I felt like I did great. There was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. I, you know, I forgot a couple lines, but overall I felt like I did great. And everything that I practiced, everything that I planned on doing, I pretty much did during my performance. When I looked back on the videos, thankfully they matched how I felt. But can you imagine if you felt like you had a great time? Let's use like dancing videos, people who are dancing and they thought they were having a good time, but then the, the video gets posted online and all these people start making comments about how crazy the person looks or how offbeat the person looks, you know? And it just kind of dampens someone's perception of themselves. It's like, wow, I thought I was having fun 
and um, maybe they weren't thinking about how they looked in the moment, but then seeing all these comments from people who weren't there, people who weren't, who weren't experiencing with you, seeing all these comments and these negative things they have to say, it kind of puts a damper. It puts it like, like a negative veil over the entire experience, right? So that's why this part really stuck out to me. Let's go on to the next part that I highlighted is page 104. Our innate desire to create meaningful connections can quickly become overwhelmed by the connectivity at our fingertips and our ability to separate the meaningful from the meaningless is getting hampered. This isn't because this isn't because we have meaningless information on our newsfeed. We just have so much information at our fingertips that it's hard to keep up with all of our quote unquote friends. Is the quality of our relationships suffering due to the quality of relationships our social media networks encourage us to have? I love this question. Is the quality of our relationships suffering due to the quantity <clears throat> due to the quantity of relationships our social media networks encourage us to have. And I believe that overall our relationships suffer um, because, and I, I feel like I've talked about this. I know I've talked about this before. I don't know if I've done it publicly on Lex chat, but I've definitely had the conversation. And um, whereas before that we were only mainly concerned with our sphere of influence and that is things that we can immediately touch or the area, the location that we have immediate access to. Social media has made it to where now our eyes are opened to things that are thousands of miles away that we cannot, we cannot directly influence, but we're viewing these things. And so we have like a false perception of, I guess our scope of influence, we have a false perception of what's important so it does suck when things happen like thousands of miles away. An example that's coming to mind is the whole conflict between Gaza and Israel, right? And what we're seeing play out in history in real time right now. Yes, there will, there will be ripple effects coming towards our country, but what can we really do? Why are we concerned about and why are we concerning ourselves with things that are happening thousands of miles away when we have everything right here in our immediate vicinity that needs our attention, right? So when it comes to the question of is the quality of our relationships suffering due to the quantity of relationships social media networks encourage us to have, it is because whereas we would share an intimate and a strong bond and connection with people right here, those who are closest to us. Now we're having very much shallow and surface level connections with people who, like I said, are thousands of miles away. We're not gonna touch physically. And honestly, it's kind of like they're a figment of our imagination because they're not tangible. Yes, they're real people, but it's not like we have direct influence over these people. So even the whole term of influencer, right? Social media is a lot of, a lot of entertainment. And when we say influencer, we've seen where I don't remember the name of the girl and I don't remember exactly how many years ago, probably over 10 years ago now, but back when like people didn't know that buying followers was a thing, right? This girl who was, who was said to be an influencer, right? 
had millions of followers, got into a deal with a t-shirt company to get some t-shirts sold and could barely sell 20 shirts but you have like 1.2 million followers. And so the question of what are you influencing? Are we truly influencing everything? So we may have more reach, but the impact of influence is not as big as people think it is. And the impact of a relationship is not as big as people think it is, thanks to our warped perception of how important social media is making us feel. What's really important is that we cultivate strong relationships in person and within our sphere of influence, which is what we can directly and immediately influence and have connection with physically, tangibly. Now, it's great if we get a little runoff in the digital spaces and people thousands of miles away can share with us and you know view our perspectives on things, but it's a lot more powerful to have that connection with people that are right here. It's a lot less lonely to have that connection with people who are right here because you can feel like you have friends all over the place, but what really matters is who's gonna be able to be there for you. And somebody who is your friend, if you're in Texas and you're all the way, and they're all the way in Wisconsin, you can't physically see them. It does affect us as people to not physically be able to touch things. That's why Physical touch is so important. That's why socializing is important. That's why getting out and touching grass is important, y'all. Getting out and touching grass is important. So let's move on to the next point. The next one is takeaways for staying connected offline when sharing online. Wait to share. Don't share while the moment is still happening. Step away from the feedback loop. Sometimes it is helpful to consider your motivations for sharing. Is it because you want feedback or is it so that you'll have the memory pop up this time next year? If it's the latter, consider downloading an app like one second every day. So this is just giving like actionable steps to remember. So takeaways for staying connected offline. Wait to share, step away from the feedback loop, talk to your family and friends who choose not to share at all. And um, let me see. Wait to share, don't share while the moment is still happening. Don't even think about sharing until the moment has passed and you've shifted gears entirely. By allowing the experience to stay authentic and in the offline world, you can give yourself time to process it without interpretation or commentary by your newsfeed friends. Step away from the feedback loop Sometimes it's helpful to consider your motivations for sharing. Is it because you want feedback or is it so that you'll have the memory pop up this time next year? You can also do what one good friend of mine does. And I was, okay, this will allow you to see your pictures and your memories ideally without showcasing. So this is the idea that if you really aren't looking for that outside commentary, especially from people you don't know, then consider why you're sharing it. Maybe you don't need to put it up to the public, but they're suggesting to use this app called One Second Every Day that collects memories and creates a personal picture slash video diary of your week. And honestly, if the point is to remember things, even with the iPhone, it'll show you like random slideshows of, oh, this is what you were doing this time last year. So, and then the last point, talk to your family and friends who choose not to share at all. Remember the oppositional social media users and non-users mentioned in chapter two? You surely have some of these people in your life. Take a moment to walk in their shoes and ask them why they've chosen to restrict sharing. They might offer you new ideas for how to best 
across the intersection of sharing online and keeping a clear perspective of the view ahead. All right, next up is 149. This is a question when, oh wait, this is takeaways for taking care of what others share online about your kids. And I feel like this can apply to us as creatives as well. Tell friends and family about your privacy wishes. Most people in our lives won't intrude on our digital footprints maliciously. Instead, most do so because they themselves have not considered its importance. Be sure your social media settings require you to approve posts when you've been tagged. Set up Google alerts to let you know if your name or your child's name is included in anything published online. This is interesting to me and I think I want to do it just, you know, you know, as an artist to like gather press about myself, it's hard to scour the internet and find things about myself. I want to know where I'm posted. So this free and easy service will alert you anytime the name is shared in a news article or public social media post. Google isn't the only service that does this. Talkwalker and Mention are two other platforms with similar offerings. The next point, when signing up kids for school or extracurricular events, let the school know of your sharing preferences and ask if they have a policy in place that protects your wishes. Research the web-based systems your child's school uses in the classroom. When someone does share your child's image without asking first, consider if it was done to cause harm or was it done out of ignorance? And then the last thing I wanna share with y'all is on page 158, and this is a question that the author posed to her audience saying, when do you think children should first get their own social media accounts? Should parents monitor their accounts? If so, at what age should parents stop monitoring their accounts? And one of these responses I wanted to point out was, given the age of my children, I haven't thought this through, but my husband and I are definitely of the mindset to wait as late as possible regarding smartphones and social media. I have major concerns about children's inability to escape bullying nowadays. And this response stuck out to me because I think I had never thought about it before this book, as far as like, will I be the type of parent to share every moment of my kids' lives? And I think that I agree with the response that I just read. I would want to have my kids wait as late as possible because it is so much unnecessary pressure. And like I said, with the first point that we got into about not being able to enjoy the moment without worrying how something is gonna look and how something is being shared and how you're being perceived, based on that alone, I would want to wait to have my kids all over social media, you know? Like I just wouldn't want them to have to worry about um, warping their perception. Like when kids are exposed too early to social media, it warps their perception. Like we already have issues with low attention spans, right? And anxiety and depression, um, screen fatigue or like eye fatigue or something caused by constant exposure to the screens. And it's like, a, honestly, a zombification on it that, that's happening as well because we're all so in our phones all the time. And so if I can avoid having my kids go through that, then I think that I would keep them off of social media as long as possible. Me, myself, as an artist, 
I don't like social media because it it does suck the joy out of real life and at least waiting until the kids can understand like hey this is a tool this is not life this is digital and while yes real things can happen from this digital realm what you need to be more worried about in this point in time right now is living your real life to the fullest and I don't want my kids to have a false perception of success based off of social media. You can have success offline and that's what I would want to hammer home to my kids. God willing, I get to have them. <laughs> I need the man first in the ring. Okay. But yeah, um, so that's everything that I wanted to point out in this book. This is called Growing Up Shared how parents can share smarter on social media and what you can do to keep your family safe in a no privacy world by Stacey Steinbeck. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. And if you have the opportunity to read this book, then I would encourage you to do the same. But thank you all so much for tuning in for this book review. My name is Lexi. Again, um, if you would like to book with me, if you would like to work with me, then you can find me. Um, on social media at LexiATL or hit me up on my Lexi Likes page, L-E-X-C, either LexiATL, Lexi Likes, but you can email me at LexiSolo at gmail.com, text me, or you can go to my website, LexiATL.com. But yeah, make sure you like, share, subscribe, um, read the book, tell me what you think about it. And that's all I got for you. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Lexi. Till next time. Peace. You already told me who you were, but I had to witness truth. I'm hard-headed, for some reason have to live it, then I choose. Then I move, won't pursue, that's just how I see it through. But I must admit, I'm tired of pretending that deep down, I don't want someone to reprieve what feels like a rejection to my needs. So you must see, my case is not to counter the defense. As a mind, I mind the heart, seeking justice till it's sent.